This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Wow, we survived week one. Mark Potter, Mike <laughs> Bradley, Time Out with Shore Sports. And, man, we got a great show coming up today. Uh, we're going to be talking with Troy Broha mm-hmm. from Salisbury University, talking a little history. A lot of people don't realize he's from Cambridge, you know, went to Cambridge High School, you know, played in the World Series for the Arizona Diamondbacks. W- and, and won that World and, Series? And, yes. Against it, the mighty Yankees, too. Yes, yeah. against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, there's just so much I want to talk to him about. Uh, Luke Waddell, who graduated from Queen Anne's County High School, uh, he's going to be joining us as well. He played on that Salisbury University uh, D3 National Championship team from earlier this year. Uh, and, and who knows what else we'll come up with over the next, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes or so. What a great pipeline to Cambridge, to Salisbury. We saw Coach Fleetwood, now Coach Brohan, and, of course, a number of players as well yeah. that have gone from Cambridge to Salisbury. And talk about tradition, success, history, the the whole nine yards. It's, it's there. Pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, uh, over this past week, the District 6 tournament's been going on. It is a process, and hmm. not as many teams uh, in that. And I want to talk to Coach Brohan, a baseball coach, about that a little bit later on, hmm. too. But uh, last week's podcast, uh, in the books, and, and thankful to all those that have already listened. Well, absolutely, and I really got that. I got such a kick out of that when we left the edge. I had such a fun time, and you know, two things that stood out to me, or I should say, uh, uh, something that stood out, and then an idea I had with football. The first thing, though, is that when I started here in radio in Easton back in two thousand four, I-, I did it to get into music radio. And I was thinking about this just the other day. Okay, yeah, I, I played high school football, I coached it, but then after that. My focus was really finance, which I worked in a few years. And then after that, hey, let me see if I can pursue this radio thing. In terms of doing sports radio at the time or anything with high school football, honestly, Mark, it wasn't on my mind at all. Right. So I start here in 04, in August of 04. Matt Spence puts me on Sunday mornings. We got it the God Squad right. doing 6 to 11 a.m. And so I'm here doing music radio. It just so happened that Matt needed a board op for our sister AM station at the time, AM 1460, here next door to run the rotary pots, run the commercials and all that. But from that morphed, I ended up doing a game on the sideline for you. And then down the line, I ended up doing some call-ins. And I I never – it was never my intention, though, when I came here because I didn't even know who you were – I didn't know what you did. It was just through Matt having me board up an Easton game with you guys on it that kind of the door was open there. But never in a million years did I think we would be here 17 years later doing this. And it just struck me the other day that, yeah, I mean, if, if I hadn't, let's say, taken a radio job here at Easton, let's just say it was somewhere else. I may never have been doing the high school football that I'm doing today. And thanks to you, thanks to the medium that you provided. And it, it's funny, you don't, it just dawned on me the other day. Think about that, Mike. Think about how that ended up working out so well. Yeah, and, and here we are uh, getting ready to start our 13th year of overtime live, which will be starting up August 26th, I believe it is. Uh, you know, and then, or August 27th, that's a Friday night. Um, it, it's just. It's full circle, and it was so much fun reminiscing with Bobby Willie and and, uh, Coach Coach Brian Sofanowski last week as well. You said, let's do a podcast. 
said, ah, I think we'll go 30 to 60 minutes. <laughs> Hell, we can't keep it under 90. No, it was like, no, yeah, I, and, we, we could have gone double time. Who knows what this week's going to bring. That's true. That's true. We could have gone, we could have gone double time, but you know, going back over that initial podcast that we did and some of the memories that we remember and traveling to Middletown to Fort Hill. I didn't go to Fort Hill. I ran that game right. here, but I went to Middletown for the playoff game. But it got me thinking, though, Mark, we think about places like Fort Hill and Middletown and tradition and such. I think it would be really cool, and we already have some of that with the war on the shore, but I think it would be cool if all 13 high school football teams had some sort of tradition that was locked into the beginning or ending of a game or maybe both. Uh, you mentioned you know, Clemson in college right. and their walk down the steps uh, or down the hill. I think it would be cool if something like that could be adopted. Yes, we have a rivalry games and those, but I think if there was a way that some more tradition could get started, some more things the team started to do as a program um, that 20 years from now we could say, here, you know, this program does this before a game or after a game. And and I just think it would be cool if that's something maybe as we throw this out on the podcast that maybe schools could start thinking about, programs could start thinking about so that, like I mentioned, 30 years from now we could say, oh, I remember when they first started doing that. Yeah, we, we don't want the traditions yeah. that Queen Anne's and Ken Island had prior to the war on the shore a few years ago where, you know, <laughs> male boxes are stuck through windshields. No, we don't mean or, that. No, or defacing no. defacing the field. Yeah, but, but or, no, or right. hanging you know, an effigy or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be neat to see, you right. know, uh, a high school and a, have a student section, uh, a student section where where they you know they they play inner Sandman like in Virginia Tech and, right. and right. you know that right. kind of stuff. Well, and, and you see in the Big Ten, you know they have the uh, the the uh, water jug between Michigan and Minnesota, the right. Paul Bunyan truck. I mean, just things like that. I think it would really, really be cool if maybe some of the programs could think about, or all of them could think about, hey, what can we do to enhance you know game night and make some traditions here that tie in the fans. Uh, the students, the players, et cetera. We had the Superintendent's Cup in Caroline County, but then we had to do away with that and make it the feel-good cup or whatever it was. I, I don't know where everybody right, would call it's it. no the, cup you know, at all. Yeah, yeah. Man, where everybody got to drink from the same cup. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, but having having these kind of things, I think it would be cool if that's something that maybe could start to, to burgeon and, and or I should say blossom. And, and maybe student governments can talk with their you know football coaches sure. and, and other, other sure. sports Student body well, presidents, can, yeah, right. can all be involved in, in tradition. So yeah. you can always get that started. And uh, a tradition starts now. You can start it now, and yeah. if there isn't one, so just make just that an happen. idea that I, that yeah. I had that I think would be really neat. Yeah, yeah. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and uh, I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and get ready to bring in Coach Troy Brohan uh, mm-hmm. from Salisbury University, and we'll do that when we come back. You're listening to Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. <laughs> This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Welcome back to Time Out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and we have got Coach Troy Brohan with us from Salisbury University. I guess it's the world champion Salisbury University. That's right. Give it its proper due, Mark Potter. Exactly. And uh, But, uh, Coach, thanks for joining us today. 
I appreciate you having me. Thank you. For those that don't know who Troy Brohan is, uh, you know, here we are. We cover sports on the shore, and uh, Troy is a homegrown talent. You, you, I guess, grew up in Cambridge, right? Yeah, I grew up in Cambridge, born and raised. Uh, My parents moved down to Wolford, which is about 10 miles outside of Cambridge, uh, when I began high school, but uh, born and raised in the area and wouldn't want it any other way. A lot of folks may not realize that, that, yes, you graduated from Cambridge South Dorchester High School. You went to the University of Nebraska, and then from there you were drafted into the, uh, the Major League Baseball. You spent uh, some years with Major League Baseball. You played in the World Series. You won a World Series ring. We're going to get to all of that. And so let's go back to where it all began with Troy Brohan, uh, where you played at Cambridge South Dorchester High School. Were you just a baseball athlete? Did you play football? Tell us a little bit about your high school years. No. Uh, you know, back then, Mark, they, they wanted you to play everything. And uh, where nowadays you're kind of specialized into one sport, maybe two. Um, but back then, heck, I played in a tennis league. I played in a, a soccer league, uh, baseball, football, basketball, uh, you name it. Um, I was involved in it. Now, when I got to the high school, I was uh, a three-sport athlete. I played football in the fall, uh, basketball in the winter, and baseball in the spring. And which one was your favorite? I believe football was probably my favorite um, just because I felt like that was probably the one sport I had to work the most at. Um, so I felt like I always had to prove myself and get better at that. Um, whereas baseball kind of came second nature to me. And Troy, what positions did you play in those sports? Uh, I was a quarterback on the football team. Okay. Of course uh, you were. Safety, <laughs> quarterback, free safety on the football team. And then, uh, I was a, a forward on the basketball team. And, and then for, for baseball, I guess you what pitcher? Did you play in other positions as well? Yeah, well, I, I was a pitcher, but I played the outfield as well. I played center field and, and, when I went to Nebraska, I went as an outfielder. I didn't go as a pitcher. Hmm. Um, I went as an outfielder, and I didn't start pitching at Nebraska until my sophomore year. And then was Coach Fleetwood both your football and baseball coach then at Cambridge? He was my football coach at Cambridge. Uh, obviously, he had tons of tradition there, tons of success there, well-known in that program. Um, and then on the baseball field, it was Kermit Hines and Brian Femi. Oh, Brian Femi, boy, and he's still making his mark here. And, Coach, uh, you won at least one state title in high school, right? Uh, not as a player. Uh, when I came back after I coached here at Salisbury for four years, um, I went back and took over Cambridge South Dorchester for three. And then uh, in the second year there, we won the state championship. And then in the third year, we got upset in the, in the state semis. And we'll talk about that part coming up. But yeah. let's talk about, so you went to Nebraska. You graduated in what year from high school? 1991. And then you ended up going to Nebraska. Talk to us about the change. You went there as an outfielder. At what point did they say, oh, this guy can pitch? Well, it's a, it's a funny story. When I was getting recruited, um, I wanted to play the outfield and I wanted to hit. Um Pitching, again, was, you know, being from a small town and you threw hard, there wasn't a whole lot of challenge as far as the whole pitching part of it. Hitting, there was tons of challenge. Hmm. Um, And that's what I wanted to do. So I verbally committed to LSU out of high school, um, had one visit left. Nebraska called me down on a a football weekend, and I'm a huge college football fan. Uh, And it was one versus two. I don't know which one was which, but it was Nebraska and Colorado. 
And I went down there, fell in love with the place. The best thing about it, and I've said this a hundred times, the best thing about Nebraska, there is no professional sport. So the entire state just pours into the University of Nebraska. So it doesn't matter if you're a, a volleyball player, a wrestler, um, you know, you're filling the stands with 20, 30,000 people every single time. Um, and, and that was just a great feeling. And it was a down-home feeling, too, because – you know, you ride through Cambridge and you ride down the road and everybody waves to you. And Nebraska is a big university, or Lincoln's a big university city, but it's a small town feel. And, and Troy, at what point in college at Nebraska did you feel like you had a shot uh, at the majors? And then what was your biggest takeaway from Nebraska when you got drafted and started out in the minor league system? Well, I, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, my goal was always to try to play professional baseball. Um, I went there as an outfielder. Uh, long story short, my sophomore year, we had some injuries. My coach asked me, hey, I know you, you wanted to play outfield, but we'd love for you to step in here and, and help us out. I, absolutely, whatever whatever you need. And he threw me out there. My very first game was in the Johnny Quick Classic in California against number, is it number three or number five, Clemson. <laughs> And I went out wow. there and I threw a complete game shutout, uh, 18 punch outs. And from then on, uh, I just knew pitching, pitching from the left side was probably going to be in my, in my future. Well, in 1993 in college at Nebraska was obviously a good year for you, or maybe even a great year in your words. A first team All-American, 123 Ks in a 111 and a third innings of work. And I think that set a record there for uh, uh, Nebraska as well, right? It, it set a record for a while, and like I said, I mean, I was thrown into it. Uh, hadn't pitched in a year, year and a half, not even in summer ball. Um, but I had a great coaching staff, and um, as a pitcher, once you get that confidence going and, and you feel like you, you know you can compete at that level, um, it kind of takes over from there. Talking with Troy Brohan, the head coach of the Salisbury University Seagulls baseball team. They just won the national championship. When we come back, we're going to talk to him about – his coaching days. That's coming up next right here on Time Out with Shore Sports. Hey, it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the Midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and we've got the coach, the champion, Troy Brohan with us. And, uh, Coach, we were just talking about uh, uh, your days at Nebraska. 
And uh, then, of course, uh, fast forward, I guess, to 1994. And not a lot of people from around here get drafted in the early rounds for the Major League Baseball. You got drafted in the fourth round. Tell us about that process. Oh, well, it's just an accumulation of, of my three years put together in Nebraska. Um, you know, the draft was coming up. Uh, when you're at that level, the, the coaches will call you and ask you if you're coming back or not. Um, they had an idea talking to scouts in the area that they thought I'd go between rounds two and five. Um, and when the draft day came in, I, I went at number four. And, uh, you know, the, the rest is history. I, I wanted to live out my dream. I didn't know if I'd have it. You know, everybody comes back sometimes or leaves after their junior year. Um, back then, I just didn't want to waste the opportunity or take a chance of coming back and getting hurt and not getting that opportunity. So, uh, you know, I accepted it and went into the Giants minor league uh, organization. And hey, Troy, I'll just follow up in, in talking about your college experience to the pros. What was the biggest lesson that you learned at Nebraska that you were able to take with you to the minor leagues? Uh, work ethic and, and competition, competing. Um, you know, when you come from, you know, I even say it here at Salisbury that the, the athletes that we get into here are usually the best athletes coming from the program. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing when you go to Nebraska. You're, you're going to be the best athletes coming from your program. Well, now you get to Nebraska and you're not the best anymore. Um, same thing when you get into pro ball. Um, you have to have a, a will of competing. Um, that That's the edge and everything. I mean, I've played with tons of guys that have more ability than me uh, in the minor league system that didn't get out of it and get to the big leagues just because they didn't have from the neck up what it took to compete, um, deal with failure, deal with success, um, and, and work ethic. Um, so I think all those things combined um, got me to, to you know where I ended up. So I guess, Troy, you know, in making that transition for players to go either from high school to the pros or college to the pros, as was your case, is that you really get to find out then, I guess, in the minor league system, okay, who really is passionate about this sport? It's not just a job or someone's not burned out on the sport anymore, that this is something that they want to continue to fine-tune their craft, get better at, but that they love because, as you just mentioned, you know, there are guys that may be more talented, but if they don't have that desire anymore – or if for them they're just burned out, whatever it may be, then those guys end up fading out. Absolutely. And, and for me, the biggest thing is, is mental toughness. And, and you talk about baseball being a game of failure, um, especially on the hitting end of it, but, but on the pitching side as well, it's how you handle those failures, uh, what you learn from those failures um, that, in my opinion, turn good players into great players. Talking with Troy Brohan, World Series champion uh, pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you got drafted in that fourth round by the Giants, traded to Arizona in 1998. So I want to fast forward a little bit with you to 2001. Game six of the World Series, you got put in a situation. You got to pitch the ninth inning. Granted, Arizona had a big lead, but it was an opportunity for you to send this game to a ever so important game seven. How big of a moment was that for you? Well, the moment was outstanding. Uh, I believe Bobby Witt and myself, uh, we had gotten up in the series at least two or three times uh, in the bullpen, uh, but never got the opportunity to pitch the situation didn't call for it. So once we got that big lead in the, in the sixth game, um, we kind of figured that they were going to take the unit out a little bit early 
and that him and I would finally get an opportunity to pitch in the World Series. So, um, you know, even though we got up and didn't get in, we finally got our opportunity. Uh, to say it wasn't nerve-wracking, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. However, I will say that once you get out there and you throw that first warm-up pitch, everything else seems to drown out. Um, I know that's weird to say, but you don't hear the 50,000 people screaming. It, it's kind of like you're, you're locked in. Um, it's the run out to the mound where the butterflies are going crazy in your stomach. So you give up just one hit in that ninth inning. You got a strikeout, and you ended the game getting Scott Brocious to pop out. And it's kind of funny because you and Scott Brocious are the only players to ever win a World Series and win a D3 Baseball National Championship as a coach. But that moment for you personally, yeah, you obviously remember it. But when you look back on that time, and you you hung around in the majors all the way through 2008 uh, when you, you got out of it, bounced after Arizona, after you win the World Series with them, they released you and you get picked back up by the Giants and then you end up playing with the Dodgers as well. Uh, you know, that whole process, mental toughness you just talked about, I, I guess with injuries and dealing with all of that, as a player, how do you use that in your coaching? I use it as motivation. I mean, you know, Arizona gave me a great opportunity to pitch in the big leagues. Um, and then they went out and got somebody better than me to come in and take my place, even though we, we had won the World Series. Um, a lot of that relates to the, the college level. You know, we, we won the national championship this year. Um, as a coaching staff, we're not going to sit back and just say, hey, we have seven guys returning from our offense. That's who we're going to count on. Absolutely not. Um, I've been recruiting all week. I've been on the phones all morning. I'm trying to bring in somebody that's going to replace one of them seven. And and what it does is that it's, it's competition and practice, um, which makes our team uh, a heck of a lot better. Troy, I'm curious, talking about recruiting, uh, when you make calls, when you do Zoom visits, when you see people in person, uh, I take it your major league experience is a big part of your cell. Or do you try to – Talk about other aspects of yourself and the program and such. Do you try not to maybe overuse that, I guess, is what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think when I first took the job, I thought, you know, pitching pitching and defense to me are probably the two most important components of, of putting this team together, putting the ball club together. And, and I did use it a little bit here and there. Um, but for the most part, we use the tradition uh, that, that Salisbury's had, the culture that we've built here, the results that we've built here. I mean, since – I got here in 2015. We've been the two World Series. We lost in a regional final. Um, we've had the National Pitcher of the Year. We've had the National Player of the Year. Um, we've had a lot of great things. And now that we just topped it off with the National Championship. So um, with with pitching, I guess I might use it a little bit. Um, but for the most part, you know, what we've done here over the past six years um, speaks loud and clear to a lot of recruits coming in. And um, you know, when we're recruiting against probably the bottom 30, 40 percent of Division One, um, you know, if they if they want to win, if they want to compete, um, you know, Salisbury is a hard place to be. Talking with Coach Troy Brohan from the national champion Salisbury Seagulls baseball team. And, Coach, you brought up recruiting a minute ago. And as a former coach, you said you just said something that I say something to our kids that are looking that want to play at the next level. And they always say, well, the coach is so nice. And I'm like, okay. And then they get there and they're like, 
all of a sudden the coach isn't as nice as they thought they were. And, I'm like, and they think that, well, coach is going to have me starting. I, I've got a starting spot. And I think kids hear what they want to hear. But at the same time, it is, it, it's a business in the sense that you are looking for the next best thing. And while you bring in a great recruit, that recruit's job isn't safe. He's got to work hard because you're looking for somebody else to take his spot. There, there's not a coach in America that would be telling the truth if they recruited somebody and said, hey, look, you're going to be my number one in the rotation. Hey, look, you're going to start at shortstop for four years uh, in a row without anybody trying to take your spot. Um, the, the, the best thing about college athletics is the competition. Um, you know, the one thing we tell guys when we won the World Series years prior, when you leave here in May or June to go to your summer baseball, um, you have to come back to Salisbury a better player, um, whether that's working on your speed, whether that's working getting reps with, with the bag, getting reps in the infield, wherever it is, you have to come back a better baseball player and, and have a role on this team. Um, and, a, and a role doesn't have to be, hey, I'm the starting second baseman, I'm the starting outfielder. It could be, hey, I'm a pinch runner off the bench. Hey, I'm a good left-handed stick off the bench. Um, hey, I can come in relief. and the, Whatever it is, you have to have a role in this baseball team. And if you don't, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, a lot of kids don't understand that. And, and I'm a straight shooter. For my, You can ask any of my players. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm, I'm brutally honest sometimes. I, I tell them every time my door's open 24 hours a day. But if you come in here with tough questions, just be ready to swallow tough answers because I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do and what's going on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think they respect that. I think I got that from some of the coaches that I played for um, where they didn't sugarcoat anything and pat me on the back and say, oh, man, you're, you're just a smidget behind them. No, they told me I wasn't good enough for this. I wasn't good enough for this. This is what you need to work on. And, uh, you know, a little fire under Mateo and uh, made me compete a little bit harder. Uh, Troy, a two-part question. A, when you recruit, do a lot of the players know about your background, A? And then B, I guess specifically with pitchers, though, has it been to your advantage that you found if you're going after especially a really good pitcher uh, against other schools that your MLB experience, your resume, has ended up really helping you in getting those players? Or have you found that it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything? Well, it doesn't necessarily uh, guarantee you anything. Um, I think it has uh, helped getting a few recruits here. Um, we have a few on this team right now, a few pitchers that came here, and pretty much I came here to, to be with you and you know tutelage under you and, and learn from you. Um, but it, it doesn't you know guarantee anything. Um, they they have to fall in love with the school number one. Um, you know, athletics is kind of third on the list, and it might might be funny me saying it, but you know the academic part, the social part. And then the athletic part, it all has to be a fit. And if it's not a fit on my end with, with you and it's not where it's not a fit on your end with us, um, then in the long run, it ain't going to be a fit for anybody. Troy Brohan with us from Salisbury University. We'll continue our conversation with him when we come back here on Time Out with Shore Sports. Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. 
Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons, Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric, education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Welcome back. Time out. Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Troy Brohan, and Troy, first, we got to thank you for taking the time today because this this is a great conversation, and we could go on and on and on and on because there's so much at talk, to talk to you about, one, coming from the area, two, being a World Series pitcher, three, being a high school coach, and four, being a college coach. We've, we've gotten you through college, and we've been talking a little bit about you know, Salisbury University. But before you became a head coach at University, um, you were actually went back to your alma mater at Cambridge, South Dorchester High School, and uh, the record book that I have says that you coached there five years um, and won a state title in 2013. World Series, state title, and a D3 national championship – how do you rank those? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, they're all they're all different. I've been asked about the national championship, and I've been asked about the World Series, comparing the two and the feeling and stuff like that. And the only explanation I can give is, um, in the World Series, um, I had an opportunity to to dictate the outcome of the game if I got into the game. So my performance could determine a win or loss sometimes. Um, as a coach, it's totally different. You prepare these these young men. Uh, you put them in the best situations to succeed based on their skill set. Um, but but the last time I checked, I never threw a pitch. I never caught a baseball, and and I never hit one either. Um, so it's up to those guys to perform. Um, like I said, we we just try to put them in the best situation um, possible uh, for them to have success. Um, but th- those are the two. Both of them are. are equally as important i mean they both mean the world to me i mean i took over this program the only thing this program hadn't done um in the 15 years prior was won a national championship they had been to the world series they had had phenomenal seasons um the one thing that that this program hadn't done was win the whole thing and um fortunate enough this year uh you know the stars aligned and and we were able to 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 finish the season on a strong note Well, and to that end, Coach, I know you and I talked in a previous interview, and you talked about the fact that, you're right, you came in, you had a great foundation and a lot of success uh, for the SU baseball program, but after that 15 World Series visit, you decided to you know, kind of change the philosophy and also in liking with what you or excuse me, in line with what you like and the way you saw fit that, yeah, we could still have success, but we're going to do it a different way and how that really helped you here in 21. 
Yeah, I mean, pitching pitching and defense have always been the staple of this program. Um, I, I hope that I've elevated that a little bit on the, on the pitching side of it. Um, one thing that, that, you know, a National League guy, like you said, I played with the Giants, I played with the Diamondbacks, I played with the Dodgers. Um, National League is more manufacturing runs. Um, it's more advancing runners, more a few more bunts here and there, where the American League is more power. Um, I'm, I'm fond of, of the National League way. So in order to do that, you have to bring student athletes in here that that can uh, play your brand of baseball um, and, and enjoy playing it and want to play it. I mean, I'm not going to bring a guy out of junior college or high school that hits 25 home runs and say, hey, all of a sudden now you are going to hit and run and you are going to bunt and you're going to steal bases. It doesn't work that way. Um, so we have to we have to find guys that we feel like will, will fit in our program, uh, that will work hard, that will add to the culture. And uh, I think we've done a great job of that. And then the second thing was the bullpen had to be addressed, where we've been to World Series before, um, and, and even in big games where our bullpen had let us down, um, we weren't as advanced as we wanted to be. So we've taken the last two years to bring in some guys that um, – you know, have really done a nice job. We've, we've developed them nice, put them in great roles in the bullpen, and, and they've had a lot of success and, and uh, thrived in it. You've had a lot of success. I mean, this year, obviously, 34-4 and four over the course of the season. Uh, as a career, pretty impressive numbers. 205, 205 wins, 59 losses, and two opportunities to kiss your sister is a tie. And how that happens in baseball, I, I don't know. Uh, this year named the D3 National Coach of the Year as well. Congratulations for that. Thank you. It sounds like in your talking right there about what you've done over the last two years to address the bullpen is you're kind of running the program like it's a Major League Baseball program. Well, I, I don't know if I run it more a Major League Baseball program or I run it more like a National League Baseball team. Um, you know, uh, the strength in the National League has is, is always been pitching. Um, the strength in the National League has always been a, a good defensive team. Um, and, again, getting back to offensively, it's about um, barrel control. It's about uh, advancing runners in certain situations. And I think that that's what we've gotten to. And, and as long as you're going to pitch and play defense, it's always going to keep you in it. It's a matter of, you know, can you score some runs? Um, and, and we're just doing it a different way other than hitting the ball over the fence. And I think – I don't know how many home runs we had off the top of my head uh, this year, but um, I guarantee we had 30, 40 home runs somewhere around there. And uh, so we're going to run into a few balls, put some good swings on it, but that isn't the main objective when you get up there to the, to the dish. You know, and Troy, you and I also talked recently about the fact that at Salisbury, you know, certainly you think about the men's and women's across teams. You think about baseball. You think about softball. You think about football as well, which has really come along in the last 20, 25 years, that all of your teams are so good and competing all the time that that's a good thing within the athletic department that you're really keeping one another in check or trying to keep up with one another that is with the six, with the success. And, you know, you mentioned being down the hall from some of the greats uh, yourself. Uh, that's just a great winning culture there, and winning begets winning. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think we hold everybody accountable. If, if I lose, you know, I'll have a couple coaches come in. What happened? If they, if they, you know, happen to lose a game, you know, I'll, I'll go in and ask what, what's going on down there, what happened. 
Uh, we hold each other accountable. I think it's a it's a great competitive atmosphere, but it's a fun competitive atmosphere. Um, I know, <laughs> excuse me, I know when I lose a game and I walk down this hallway, I have national champions up and down this hallway um, who expect more out of me. And, uh, you know, the first thing I'll do is come in here, look in the mirror and say, what do we have to do to get better? Um, same thing my coaching staff does, Ron Sires, Austin Heenan, Chad, we all have to look in the, in the mirror and say, what can we do better um, to put our team in a, in a better situation to win? Um, fortunately, this year, we didn't have to do it too much, 34-4. and four, uh, we, we didn't have too many L's on, on the record this year, but, um, you know, this was one year, and, and I've already told my staff, you know, enjoy it for a little bit. We need to close the yearbook um, and, and figure out what we're going to do uh, coming up this fall. Troy Brohan with us from Salisbury University. Yeah, it's like uh, Title U. Title Town up yeah. there in Salisbury, uh, down there in Salisbury from where we are today. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with him. I want to talk about the Eastern Shore Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, among other things, as we start to wrap it up with the coach. All coming up more right here with Time Out with Shore Sports. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, signing, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Troy Brohan with us. And, Coach, you've got a lot of really cool honors, and, of course, you, you have a lot of great history, whether it's Cambridge, South Dorchester as a player, as a coach, um, you know, the success you had in Nebraska, the success in the major league, uh, as well as the university. I'd have to think when you were inducted into the Eastern Shore Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, which that's for people from right here on the shore and, and with your um, your roots are here. What was the feeling of, at, for being inducted back in 2008? Oh, it was outstanding. Um, great accomplishment. Um, great recognition. I felt great for my, my family and my friends. Uh, they were able to come to it. Um, just the, the rich history of the Eastern Shore uh, Baseball and the Eastern Shore Baseball League now where they still play summer ball. Um, just, just a great honor. Um, they had a banquet, got to, got to see tons of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, but, no, what a, what a tremendous honor. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Eastern Shore Baseball League. Uh, you got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2008, and you actually pitched for the Purdue Chicks uh, from 2008 to 2013. And you got to hit there. I think you're. I think you were like batting 311, if I remember correctly. I tell you, I, I missed the competition. Number one, um, I wanted to show them that an old old guy could still go out there and whip up on some of them young whippersnappers out there. And then I hit until. I hit a ball and I pulled the left hamstring, recovered from that. I hit a ball and then pulled the right hamstring. <laughs> and I said, hitting, hitting is done. I, I had never had a leg injury my entire life um, until then. But I continued to pitch up until, golly day, I think I was 40 years old. And uh, I just enjoyed the competition, to be honest with you, Mark. I mean, I, I wanted to get out there. I didn't want to sit at home. Uh, I wanted to compete. Um, whether I went out there and, and – you know, shoved it, or if I went out there and gave up 27 hits, um, I just wanted the competition to still be involved in my life, and that was one way to do it. Troy, when you think about history, tradition, championships, 
You started Cambridge South Dorchester with your high school career. You went to Nebraska, but we think about, you know, Doug Fleetwood, Coach Fleetwood going from Cambridge to Salisbury. Uh, you think about the number of players that have gone there, too, and that pipeline we talk about. Are there some similarities within the Cambridge and Salisbury programs that you've found? I mean, obviously, a lot of success. Uh, do you guys have some similarities, or do you guys do it differently with the same result at the end of the day? Well, I mean, Coach Fleetwood, you know, his his success at Cambridge speaks for itself. I mean, he was there for, I mean, I don't know if it was a, two decades or whatever, and, and won championships and then took over the baseball program and and I think he might have won a championship there. It came daggone close to winning a championship there. Him and I are, are, are two different coaches as far as the way we coach. Um, you know, Coach Fleetwood is extremely bright, but he coaches almost like with a football mentality. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a in-your-face and, and, and to try to get the best out of you. For me, I'm, I'm almost a total polar opposite. Um, I could probably count on five fingers, ten fingers – how many times in eight years I've raised my voice on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me personally, I can get through to a player just by walking up to him, having a small conversation, say exactly what I need to say, exactly how I'm talking to you right now and still get my point through. Um, but I think that, that coach Fleetwood's football mentality um, is, is what's best for him. And for me, this is what's best for me. As far as the X's and the O's are concerned, um, you know, we had some great athletes in Cambridge, um, some tremendous athletes in Cambridge, and, and I know a bunch of them have come over here to play football, softball, baseball, um, you name it, they've come over here and done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but I don't think we've really invented the wheel or reinvented the wheel, you know, from there to here. It's just my way of coaching, his way of coaching has related to those athletes there, and now they've, they've trans uh, translated to the athletes over here. Let's talk about some of the players that you've been getting from the shore. I know Luke Waddell from uh, uh, Queen Anne's County High School, Trent Saunders from uh, St. Michael's High School, and are there others from other high schools, like especially in the Salisbury and and Decatur area? Well, we had uh, Justin Meekins, who was an All-American here from the uh, Decatur, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Decatur, who went to Maryland uh, for a short period of time and then transferred here and was here for the last five years. Uh, Aaron Combs from James M. Bennett, uh, a pitcher from there, uh, is a fre- was was a freshman uh, this year. So we we've had some local kids, local talent. Um, Luke Waddell, um, for me, kind of sticks out because um, I love Luke Waddell. He he, uh, but he wasn't recruited here. Right. He wasn't recruited to come here and play baseball. Hmm. Um, he chose the walk on route, and. I have a soft spot for for walk-ons, especially in this program, because this program is rich in tradition. Uh, the culture speaks for itself. The, the the awards and everything else speak for itself. And I think it takes a lot of courage for a young man to come here to a walk-on tryout knowing all that, the knowing that, man, they recruit 35 other players, but I think I can I can walk on and play here. Um, and, and, you know, he didn't get any time, if any time, his first two years here. We had somebody penciled in as the third baseman coming into this season. Um, that third baseman struggled early, and Luke Waddell proved himself that in the fall and in early spring that he could, you know, be a be a, a good backup. Well, he took over the starting role and and never looked over his shoulder, and you know played there the entire year and was on the All World Series team this year. Um, hmm. 
that's a hell of an accomplishment for a walk-on. What a I mean, story. it really is. And, yeah. and like I said, I have a soft spot because I just think it takes a lot of courage uh, to put in work day in and day out, not playing for two years, going to 5 a.m. lifts, going to everything that we require out of the, all these guys and still have the, the desire and the determination and the mental toughness to come to practice every single day and compete. And, uh, you know, he, he, he just has a special place with me. And, and oh, by the way, it's you're also getting a good quality education. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. I mean, he's a great student everything, but just as far as the athletic part of it, yeah. um, to grind it out for two years with no result. You know, you're going home and they say, hey, how'd you how'd y'all do this year? How, how many innings did you get? And he's sitting there going, I, I got three innings or I got four innings. Man, that's tough to swallow, especially this day and age with social media and everything else. Um, but but he, he weathered the storm. He kept competing. Uh, he earned everything he got this year. Nothing's ever been given to him, and I couldn't be more proud of him. Troy, talking about the Eastern Shore and players, we know that coaches get divided up different regions to go recruit. I take it the Eastern Shore, that's your region, that you're the primary recruiter here, right? Yeah, I mean, I, well, Coach Cyrus is a local, too. He's a Salisbury guy, so um, he'll he'll take a lot of the, the Worcester County areas. Um, but, yeah. Lower I mean, Shore, the, yeah. The, yeah, the, the, shore, the Shore has been good to us. Um, hopefully it will continue to be good to us. You'd be surprised how many how many athletes aren't familiar with Salisbury baseball, though. Um, and and I, to be honest, I was one of them when I when I grew up. And Coach Fleetwood told me to come over here. Hey, you want to help with some pitchers? I had never heard of Salisbury baseball. Never knew anything about it. It was always lacrosse, right? Well, it was always lacrosse. I knew Salisbury was here, but I just didn't know how good their sports were. Hmm. Um, and yeah. then I get over here, and it was an eye opener. And uh, you know, I went to Nebraska, and there are many things that we do different here that that we didn't do it in Nebraska. Hmm. Uh, so it was an eye-opener for me. Talking with Troy Brohan with us here, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley on Time Out with Shore Sports. And let's talk more now for, as a recruiter, at, you know, in your job there at Salisbury University and trying to get kids to play. Colleges were just, uh, the, the athletes were just offered another year of eligibility thanks to covid what does that do for, one, you as a coach, two, the players that you currently have in the system, and three, kids that are being recruited to come in? Uh, it, it's, it makes it difficult, to be honest, because when we have exit meetings, we have to look a year in advance. So our juniors uh, that were just juniors this year are having to let me know two years in advance whether they're going to use that extra year or not. Um, you know, fortunate for us, if we have just say eight of them, seven of them already knew there was one that's kind of in limbo, but that affects the recruiting class coming in for 2022. Um, whether we can have, you know, seven or eight, or can we get up to 11 or 12? Um, you know, our, our magic number around here is around 37 on the team. Um, you can give or take a few here and there, but, um, 37 is usually the magic number. And, you know, you don't want to get in a situation where you have seven coming back and you got a recruiting class of 14, and then all of a sudden you're at 47 guys coming in here in the fall. Um, that That's never a good situation uh, to, to be in. And as a coach, I don't ever want to have the, the reputation of over-recruiting. I think it's a terrible reputation to have. Well, and to that end, Troy, you talked about the fact that you're very honest and upfront. And if you want, you know, hard answers or if you're going to ask hard questions, I'm going to give you hard answers. We talk about the juniors for a second. I have to assume the conversation is, hey, look, you know, yeah, you're coming back next year. We love it. But 
Uh, two years from now, I don't know that that's a roster spot that necessarily is in our best interest to have you on uh, for a fifth year. Is, is that maybe a conversation they have had? A- absolutely. Um, it's one we had this past year. It's, it's one we had the year before uh, when all this went on about, you know, they're coming back to use that extra year. Where do we see their role, you know, playing out for that extra role or that extra year? Um, if they've been a mainstay in the lineup, um, and our recruiting class, you know, dictated that, hey, it looks like they could probably play one more year and be successful out there, then that's what we'll tell them. But, uh, you know, if we feel like we have a player coming up in, a, in, our, in our ball club or a player that we've recruited or bringing in um, that, that we think is better than them, then I'm going to be 100% up front with them and, and let them know that. And then they can make the sound decision of, hey, do I want to come back and, and, you know, maybe not play my senior year or do, am I ready just to move on and, and, you know, I had a good four years and let's go. Troy Brohan with us. And, Coach, you have a family. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your family and uh, Little League Baseball and uh, maybe the future of baseball. That's all coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports. <laughs> This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. Welcome back. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Troy Brohan, and... Uh, we're, we're talking about the recruiting process now, and uh, I believe you have a son that plays uh, Little League Baseball, right? I do. Uh, Reed, my middle, my middle son, is uh, in the middle of uh, All-Stars right now. Just went and watched him last night over in Easton. Um, he's got another game tonight, and then uh, if they win, they keep playing. If they lose, I believe they're done, and then Pop Warner starts up here in about three weeks. So. <laughs> so, no rest for the weary. Uh, One of the things I noticed, I went over to uh, the the, uh, Northeastern Park, and I was there. I didn't see you there, but uh, sorry, I missed you. Uh, Was over at Northeastern Park for the District 6 Little Leagues. And (laughs) this year they had Dorchester, um, they had Easton, they had South Carolina, and they had Caroline North Denton. Missing in there was Tri-City, which I guess they got combined into uh, Dorchester, (laughs) and also uh, missing Home Run Baker which I guess they got combined into Easton, if that. Am I wrong in thinking that baseball numbers are going down? Uh, They're going down for Little League. Um, If you take a look at the travel ball, um, I wouldn't say they're going down. But um, for Little League in general, you know, in my opinion, you know, travel ball has killed that a lot. Why? Um, You know, well, you look at, my, my middle son had his baseball practices and occasionally there'd be a seven people there. There'd be 11 people there. Mm. There'd be 13 people. They just depended on their travel ball schedule. Um, I just think that travel ball has taken over um, what little league used to be. My father and I were talking, talking about it last night when we were sitting at the game, you know, when I played, uh, you had Easton, you had Cambridge, you had home run Baker, you had tri city you had Ridgely, you had uh, Carol. I mean, you had all these teams and now they're having to combine leagues to even have one team. Um, so the, the little league part of it, yes, I believe it, it's definitely gone down. 
Um, but if you look at the travel ball, I mean, they're, they're thriving and, and going strong. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm out to see them all the time. And I mean, there's no shortage. I, I don't want to put you in a bad spot here, but travel ball games and, and travel ball teams compared to little league teams, what is the attractiveness for people to go play travel ball, pay all this money to go play in tournaments at Fruitland all the time or or sports at the beach all the time? You know, are, are they getting better coaching or than they would in Little League? I mean, what? why well, all of a sudden I'm, are more people going there? I'm going to keep my comments short. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think the travel part of it, um, where they travel – you know, three, four different states and all weekends and all. I think that that's very attractive to some. Um, I think reputation and, hey, he's doing it, so I should be doing it. Um, I have seen travel ball teams where they are, they are coached extremely well. Um, I've seen other ones that it's just show and go. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're going to show up, we're going to play a game, and then you're going to show up, we're going to play another game. And um, They weren't coached very well at all. And, I, and I've experienced – all sorts of it here at the university as far as guys will come in. You can tell if they've been coached well. They know how to bunt. Um, they know where to hit a ball for a hit and run. Um, you know, just little things, little baseball IQ things that you can tell they've been taught. And then other ones will come in and they don't have a, a clue on, on what's going on. So, um, you know, to each his own. Um, but, you know, the only thing that I'll say about travel ball that I don't like is I think we live in an entitled society right now mm. where if you play travel ball and just say your parents pay $2,000 to play that summer and your, your child goes out there and they play half the time, well, that isn't good enough, so I'm going to take my child off that team and I'm going to pay another $2,000 so he plays three-quarters of the time. Well, that ends up being not good enough. I'm going to take him off that team and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create my own team. Yeah where he plays all the time to me, you know, that doesn't teach your child how to compete. It doesn't teach your child to deal with failure. Um, hell, when I was growing up, you know, to, to play Legion ball, it was 15 to 18. You had one time a year to try out one time a year to try out. If you didn't make it that year, man, you had to wait another year Mm -hmm. to try out again. Um, that made you a little more mentally tough. It made you, um, you know, the, the competition, the will to compete a little more stern. And, uh, you know, but again, we didn't even have cell phones back then. So times evolved <laughs> and, you know, who am I? Who am I to, to preach about it? But that, that's just my opinion of what I've seen on the recruiting on the recruiting trails. Well, and Troy, I have to assume in terms of travel ball and little league ball that if you're good enough that you're able to play both, if you're seeing, though, in the Little League that those players don't quite have the commitment or the passion and, you know, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't, et cetera, then they're going to say, well, okay, why should I do double if, you know, there's just not the commitment there from, you know, the Little League players because they know they're not good enough and it's just not going to be something that for them is a long-term thing. I mean, I remember I was never good enough for travel ball. I love Little League. I played it. My best friend, he was very good he did travel ball in little league but now it just seems like you know it's it's more about hey if you're really committed and you love it you're going to play and that's likely to be just travel ball and you know if it's not a big deal you may not even play little league to begin with yeah i mean the commitment it's hard to commit to both 
You know, you're, well, seeing, too, it yeah, down, you're, you're, it's, you're seeing it out there in the Little League All-Stars right now where, like I said, they might have travel ball practice and Little League practice on the same night. Yeah. Well, I'm not paying anything to play Little League or maybe 50 bucks, but I'm paying 2000 to play travel ball. Sure. You're going to you're going to travel ball practice. Right. And that's why I say that the, the whole Little League process is, is weaning away uh, slowly but surely. Um, and, and, again, this isn't to, to downplay the travel ball because – Myself and the rest of the college coaches across America, um, we go to it, so they're going to continue to do it. Um, the only way travel ball will ever stop is if college coaches decide, hey, we're not going to it anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's and important. That, that, that will never happen. Let's close with this. Um, students are out there, student athletes that are looking, they want to play at the next level. Uh, as a coach at the college level, what are some of the tips that you would tell a high school freshman, sophomore, junior, uh, and maybe even a senior at this point? Uh, to me, work ethic is, is extremely important. And not only the work ethic when you have coaches around, but um, work ethic when, when nobody's around. Um, are you getting better in, in what we call those hidden hours? Um, when, when nobody's there to push you, when nobody's there to tell you anything, are you the one that's pushing yourself? Um, you know, mental toughness is something else that, that doesn't get talked about a lot, how you deal with failure. Um, you know, we've had tons of kids come through this program that never really dealt with failure. Um, they've been so successful at the high school level. Um, and then they get here and, and handle a little and get a little bit of adversity and, and really don't know where to channel it to, to get better. Um, they've never experienced um, that that type of failure. So we want some guys that have experienced a little bit of failure in their life, um, in their baseball career, and then see how they responded from it. So little things like that. Skill set's always important, but um, those two things right there, it's it's hard to teach that into into a young man, especially when they're 18 to the 22 year old. Um, usually they they have that competitive edge, um, or they have that mental edge um, that that. They've, they've learned and grown with it their whole life well coach listen we really appreciate your time we could sit here and keep talking with <laughs> you for a long time but we know you've got to go uh, get ready for your eighth year you've got some more recruiting to do there at salisbury university and uh, we would like to have you back uh before the start of your baseball season of course absolutely uh, to talk a little bit about what you've got and there's always an open door here as well with us absolutely absolutely thank you i appreciate it Troy Brohan with us here from Salisbury University. Good luck, Coach, on winning your second consecutive title. May 2022 be easier than 2021. I appreciate it. Thank you. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Welcome back. Time Out with Shore Sports. Presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. And uh, why don't we go ahead and just jump right in. We have got Luke Waddell with us, and he, uh, the third baseman from the national champion, Salisbury Seagulls. And uh, Luke, we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you having me. 
So let's talk about uh, Luke Waddell and uh, the fact that you came from Queen Anne's County High School. You played for the Lions, played baseball for them. Uh, I believe I coached against you your final year um, when you were at the Lions as well. And uh, yeah, quite the difference, I think, for high school compared to college baseball. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. It's crazy. Um, so, I mean, the level of – just the level of practice is insanely different. We would go to practice for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half in high school and hit BP, take some ground balls. But everything everything in college is documented. They take the stats of – during BP, when when you're not hitting, we, we – um, we record the stats of like doing of fielding ground balls and all that. And you get your fielding percentage and it's, it's a lot more organized and a lot more challenging. So. Well, and part of the reason it's different, I would think is also because at the college level, there's gotta be more coaches than what you had at high school. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, we have, uh, we have four coaches at Salisbury compared to the one, maybe two. That right. we had on occasion in high school. So, so I, I, I don't want to leave Chris Fitzgerald out there on a, on a tree limb. Mean, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard for us as high school coaches to try and track stats during even during practice and what have you. But I, I guess it really boils down to, would you agree that there's more accountability at the college level than there is at the high school level for everything that you do? Absolutely. I mean, even in even when you're not at the baseball field, you're being held accountable for what you do, like getting your getting your extra work in, going to the gym, um, showing up for lifts and stuff like that. So you played at Queen Anne's, you graduated. And when you left Queen Anne's, did you think your playing days were over? Uh, I did. I actually wasn't planning on playing in college. And then I decided that I was going to give it a shot that summer so the summer that going into my freshman year of college I kind of sat down like with my dad and we talked it over and he was like he told me just I might as well go give it a shot since I was already going to Salisbury I knew they had a pretty good team um but I also knew that I mean I also knew that if I I mean I just got a shot that I could probably make a team so I, I tried out and it ended up working out pretty well so you decided uh, in talking with uh, uh, Coach Brohan earlier on, he, he told us that you decided to walk on and you you took your lumps. I mean, the first two years you didn't get in but a few games. And a as a player, how did that affect your psyche, knowing that you were on the team but you weren't really playing? Um. Well, so – it wasn't it wasn't as bad as as you may think because I knew a lot of guys a lot of veterans on the team, say my my freshman year the seniors, and then I knew some guys that graduated already that didn't play at all their first year, and some of them didn't even play at all their second year and then ended up getting in their final two years and did really well. So I knew that it wasn't uncommon to do that. So um, I mean I kind of kept my head up, just kept working and. Um, I mean, I got my shot this year and it, it ended up working out. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great program and they have a great, a, it's a great culture here at Salisbury and it, they breed hard workers. So even if you go in there, like, and you, you've never really, you've never really worked hard. I don't want to say you've never really worked hard, but you haven't worked as hard as like, um, 
people are used to here at Salisbury, it just it kind of rubs off on you. So the, all the guys and the coaches, they kind of rubbed off on me, and they rubbed off on everybody I, I've been around. So, so Coach Brohan told us that that's one of the things that you know when the year started, you weren't really penciled in to be the starting third baseman, and the guy that was in front of you struggled a little bit, and you took advantage of it and. Everybody could see that you were working hard. And would that be the message that you would leave to, to anybody else that would be coming in? Absolutely. I'd say don't give up. Um, keep keep your nose to the grindstone. I mean, you're going to – the work you put in is going to end up paying off. So I, I'd say to just keep at it um, because there are some kids on our team right now that aren't getting enough – or not enough, but like might not be getting as much playing time as they want to. But they definitely are good enough to play and will be good enough in the future as long as they keep working on it. Talking with uh, Luke Waddell with us from the Salisbury University National Champion Baseball Team. And he came from Centerville. You know, this year was a pretty special year for you guys as a junior year. Not only that, with COVID, uh, the NCAA has offered up another year of eligibility uh, to where you could actually play for five years. Has that been a consideration of yours? Um, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about it. I know a lot of us, uh, a lot of my friends were thinking about it too, um, mainly the the people I live with and I know a, a lot of the guys on the team are going to take advantage of it, but um, I don't think, I don't think I am. I'm a, uh, I think especially now that we've kind of, we, we had a goal at the beginning of the season and we actually, we accomplished it. So I think now I'm, I think I'm going to get, I'm going to do my last year, but then I think I'm ready to pass the torch to the younger guys. So let's talk about that national championship. Uh, you go in and you guys uh, won the national championship in the two games in the uh, best out of three. You just won the first two, and it didn't need to play that third. For you as a player, knowing that, I mean, let's face it, you're, you're living a dream because you walked on and you earned your playing time there. For you as a player, what was that like? Oh, I mean, it was it was kind of... Uh, it was a crazy experience. It was kind of like a out of this world experience for me, like, and for everybody on our team actually. Because I mean, we've been playing baseball since we were young and, but maybe eight years old, and that's all. This is all we've ever thought about was winning a championship, winning a championship. And I mean, this is the first. This is the first team I've been on where there's, there were no clicks, there were no like problems. Everybody was so tight. And there was, we were, it was just like, a, it was just like 27 brothers on that, uh, a team full of 27 brothers. And, um, it was just, I mean, and it was awesome for the seniors, especially the ones who came back to play this extra year, held off their lives and their careers just to come back and play baseball. It was awesome for, to see them. And it was awesome to watch the coaches as well, who have been, who have been trying for, I mean, coach Sires has been trying for, to win a national championship for like 30 years now and right. see him finally get that. It was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy experience. It was really, it was, a, it, it was probably two of the best weeks uh, that I'm ever going to live. So, so, and you had a big year too. Um, you, you ended up batting 349 on the year and you ended up with three, three stolen bases, 
Uh, struck out 22 times, but you walked 20 times. You had 29 RBIs, 45 hits, uh, including one dinger. You know, you were never known as a home run hitter. How'd that happen? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The ball was just flying that day, and I got a hold of one. So <laughs> I ended up getting past the fence. It was probably a fence scraper, but... I'll take them when they come. Hey, when that umpire's standing there circling his hand, it, it doesn't matter how close it was. It's just the yep. fact it was a home run. So <laughs> but we are talking with Luke Waddell. This segment of Time Out with Shore Sports is brought to you by Hook Sunglasses. Yeah, check them out. Hookoptics.com. They are vision without limits. If you like Costa, you need to check these out. They're available at an optical galleria located on West Water Street in Centerville, Harrison Street in Easton, and in West Ocean City in the Teal Marsh Plaza. Check them out. Stop by. They are absolutely amazing. Scratch and smudge resistant. Easier to clean than ordinary polarized sunglasses made for extreme weather conditions. Check them out online. Hookoptics.com. We're talking with Luke Waddell from the award-winning, the national champion Salisbury University baseball team. They picked up the national championship. So I guess during the summer you're playing some summer league ball, right? Yep. Who are you playing for? I'm playing in the ESBL, Eastern Shore Baseball League, and my team is called the Midshore HVAC. It's kind of like a, it's a low key league. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't, if you can't make a game, it's not a big deal, but it's just, I'm just going to try and uh, stay up to date, you know, not, not trying to lose my swing over the summer or anything. And then my main goal is to, this summer is to kind of put on some weight, get stronger for next year and uh, hopefully be in the best physical shape possible for next year to try and make another run at it. That that was going to be my next question is um, you, you're heading into next year. It's going to be your senior year, and you've already you know admitted that it's probably going to be your last year. Uh, what, is, what is your goal for next year? Same thing. We'll win another national championship, go back-to-back. Back. I mean, this is the fir- that was the first time Salisbury's ever won a championship, a uh, national championship. So, I mean, we might as well, we might as well do it again, you know. Um, I think that I think that our team is, I mean, more than capable. Um, but I think the I think the key is to everybody because this year everybody kind of clicked at the same time. Um, everybody got hot and it, it so it it ended up working out for us. So hopefully, hopefully now that we know what it feels like to to be in that situation, um, I think that we could do it again. Now, one of the players you've been able to enjoy the journey with is also uh, a rising senior, Trent Saunders, uh, who played at St. Michael's High School. Uh, you two are the only ones here from the Midshore area. Of course, others from the Salisbury and the uh, Berlin area. But uh, it, talk to me a little bit about what it was like going through the journey with Trent. I mean, you, you had your picture up on uh, uh, on Facebook, we saw, with uh, where you were having your picture taken with Trent Saunders. Yeah, he's uh, my roommate. He's one of my best friends. He's also another walk-on. We walked on together. And, uh, I mean, he's a great baseball player, great friend. And, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to do, to playing more with him. And, I mean, he's, he's a great guy, great teammate, as were the rest of them. So, I, I mean, I can't talk, talk highly enough about him. Let's go back to uh, you're, you're playing baseball in high school. You played travel ball too, right? 
Yeah. So we had a conversation with Coach earlier on about, you know, how Little League seems to be disappearing a little bit and and travel ball is kind of taking it over. One of my biggest fears about travel ball and the kids being involved in so many different things is that you get burnt out. I mean, let's face it. If you're playing travel ball, you're hoping to get recruited. Um, You know, you want to play the game at the next level. Did you find that to be the case when when you were coming through high school and getting closer? Did did a burnout or the fatigue factor play a part in you saying, you know what, I, I don't want to play in college or I don't think I'll play in college? Um, you know what? It honestly it could I think it did a little bit. Um but it 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 not for me anyway, a burnout is I mean, it, it gets fixed with uh a week or two off. If I take a week or two off of baseball, I start to miss it. I start to want to play again. So, um, and I think that's how, I think that's how it is with everybody who truly loves the game and wants to play. And everybody who is is playing in college loves baseball. So um, I think that the people that truly love to play and, and want to play in college and want to play at the higher level won't get burned out. Or if they do get burned out, then it won't be for long. So, but I think that a break like a, a, a couple weeks or so is, is good for you, is good for the players, and it keeps your – I mean, it keeps you in the game and it keeps you loving it. So I think that I think that taking breaks can be beneficial. Let's talk about D1 versus D2 versus D3. Uh, when you were freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, even a senior in high school, did, was it D1 or bust or, you know – or what was the attractiveness of going to a D3 school? Um, so I don't know if it was D1 or bust, and it definitely wasn't D1 or bust after, like, my first two years of high school because, mm-hmm. I mean, I was pretty down, I was pretty down to earth. I knew what, what I was capable of, and I knew that I wasn't going to go D1 um, or, or D2, really. So I was, I, I, I was pretty confident that I could play D3, um, but – I didn't want to go somewhere. I didn't want to go play, go to a school just to play baseball. That's what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to go somewhere I hated and just to play baseball and end up transferring. So I really liked Salisbury, um, and I liked how it was close to the beach. Um, there was a lot of things to do around here, and so it just so happened to be very lucky that they're they're one of the best, better baseball programs in the nation for D3. And uh, honestly – I'm really glad that I did go D3 and go to Salisbury because if I was, say, good enough to go D1 and I went to uh, a D1 school that, I mean, didn't win very many games, like I don't think I don't think I would have enjoyed that as much that as much as I've enjoyed being here at Salisbury and and having success and and playing with all these guys. Let's so. talk directly to the high school kids that are watching uh, or listening to this today. Um, words of advice to them when it comes to uh, choosing a a school slash baseball program. I think you said it best when you don't want to go just to play baseball. You, the education's got to play a part in it, and I would think the school has got to play a part in it. So what kind of words of advice would you offer up to those in high school today? Um, so I don't want to sound kind of – rude when I say this, but I I would just say to be realistic, you know, um, go to a school that you enjoy a place where you enjoy being at, like I said before, and then, um, 
and then play baseball too. So, I mean, you get, you get the best of both worlds. So don't just go just to play baseball. Um, especially if you're going division, anything lower than division one, um, because I mean, I think your education, education is still, I mean, baseball's right here and then education should still be up here. So, um, especially for those who aren't going to make a living off playing baseball. So very good advice there. So uh, in talking with Coach Brohan, uh, one of the things we talked about with him was when recruiting, uh, players go to a college because they like that coach. And then once you get to college, you find that that coach isn't like the nice guy you thought he was because he's actually trying to recruit somebody else to replace you. You know, tell me a little bit about Coach Brohan and what attracted you to him when you first met him and first decided to walk on at the program. So I actually didn't meet him until I went in for my my visit at Salisbury, which it, which came in the spring, um, close to before I was graduating high school, and I went in. So I didn't even. I mean, I know I emailed him a couple times, um, but I didn't even. I didn't even tell him I was coming. I just kind of asked around like to see where his office was. And I kind of stopped in and he happened to be there. And I told him I wanted to try and play baseball here. And he was, and I told him I wanted to walk on and he was very, he was very, he kept it real with me. Mm -hmm. So he told me that like, that I could try and walk on, but my chances were slim. Um, He said he's recruited a lot. He kept it real. And I, I really liked that. So I, he didn't try and sugarcoat anything with me. He told me he told me what it was that he was looking for, and um, and it. I mean, I, I I liked that. I liked how he was honest with me. So, and then other than that, before I got there, I, I didn't really know much about him. And so he he's actually, it, I got lucky because he turned out to be a very good coach and uh, a very good mentor. So you got a lot of talent there, and uh, if. Did you even know that he had pitched and won in the World Series? I had no idea. I had no idea until um, until I think the first practice when I was talking to some of the guys on the team. It, it was, see, he he says that you know it's it's really no big deal, but I, I would think that the the players that play for him realize where he came from. You know, from little old Cambridge South Dorchester High School to to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they only pitched and and hit corn cobs out in there, and uh, you know, to to the World Series and and now coaching at, at Salisbury and yeah. uh, and winning a national championship. Well, that's another thing because I I mean I went and met with him at least one time before practice and i mean he never brought it up or anything so he's very humble about it and uh he's he's a very down-to-earth guy so well listen we really appreciate you joining us here on time out with shore sports our podcast and uh best of luck this year and uh who knows we'll catch up with you hopefully uh as the season's getting ready to start uh, next year i know you have fall ball as well and kind of baseball's turned into a year-round sport there at college hasn't it yeah, it has. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it is a lifestyle. Well, listen, congratulations on a great year, thanks. and thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Have a good one. Well, we'll wrap this one up when we come back right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank. Serving the Mid-Shore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. 
get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and, man, Mike, what a show. Another one in the books. Two down. Summertime baseball, very fitting. It, it really is. And uh, thanks to Troy Broha and Luke Waddell for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. And the fact that we're talking about baseball here on the shore, and I think it gives a good reflection to sports on the shore. And I, I think maybe that'll be a topic we talk about mm. in the coming weeks because. I mean, you know, we're working on talking with uh, getting the folks from Queen Anne's County High School, the girls' championship right. teams. Right. I didn't know that they had never had a girls' championship at Queen Anne's County High School in any sport. You know, when it, that Jody Hyde, who's a, a great coach, God rest his soul, uh, in basketball. I didn't know that he had never won one. But it took softball and then the very next day, girls lacrosse winning uh, their first two girls' championships. It's funny how those things work out the way that they do, but to say that you won the first-ever championship in school history and girls' sports, for those girls, I mean, that's something that they can never have that taken away from them. Right. That's, that's really, really special. And you think about all the years, you're like, not one, but it, it, it happens. I mean, I know next door uh, in Delaware, in Woodbridge, the Woodbridge program, I'm trying to think it was either softball or uh, girls across mark that they got to the finals for the first time since '74. It was wow. so, yeah, something like it's just it's amazing. But you know those stories are out there. A- absolutely. And if you have a story idea, feel free to send it to us. Uh, you can do that at shoresportsmd at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also send it to us on any of our social media as well. And uh, we'll pursue it. We'll, you know, we we love talking sports. The rules are: it's got to be about sports here on Maryland's Eastern Shore. Right. It can be a particular athlete. Maybe they have a special thing that they do. Whatever the case may be, we'll pursue it uh, because that's what we're doing. That's yeah. what we want to talk about. And that's important because you know you're as much a part of this as we are. So your contributions, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, especially doing these interviews with podcasts, uh, will certainly be taken up. And uh, we we look forward to having some leads uh to go after absolutely maybe there's a question you have send that, that question that to us yeah. you know send it to us yeah. shoresportsmd at gmail.com and we'll see if we can't find the answer and work it in yeah i mean there's a lot of history a lot of success a lot of really good players here you mentioned the eastern shore baseball hall of fame uh with coach brohan and that's something that is based out of shorebird stadium yeah. arthur w purdue stadium home of the shorebirds at salisbury that's something special if you haven't checked that out of course we know st michael's and harold baines and i mean there's just a lot of tradition here and a lot of different sports that we're going to continue to uncover uh, for folks that don't know about it. Some even locally aren't aware of how much is around them. And I didn't even realize that uh, the legend, Brian Femi, had coached Troy Brohan. So, and mm-hmm. Brohan's 48 years old. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Gosh, what's that say about Coach Femi? Man, <laughs> that's another one we need to get on the program. That's right. That's yeah. right. And he was what uh, Brohan said, 91 graduate, yeah. right, of Cambridge, and then went to Nebraska, yeah. graduated 94 from there in 95. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And uh, be uh, be on the lookout next Tuesday for podcast number three. Already. Yeah, already. Yeah. And uh Hopefully you enjoyed today's. If not, listen to it again. You'll you'll enjoy it the, the second <laughs> time. So, but for Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter saying have a great week, and we'll see you next week with Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
Listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.